It's a long career to talk about Come take our last ride and hear about Every pay-per-view will break it down From 1990 to the final farewell Watch him as he goes There goes a hero A taker easy All right, creatures of the night Welcome to Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character and the newest headlining inductee of the WWW, WWE, I almost went back in time, <laughs> WWF, WWE, You've been there about that long? just about man, the Hall of Fame, we're talking about The Undertaker. My name is Alex Storio. I want to thank you for joining us for this very, very special edition of Talking Taker. And I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow creature of the night. He is undoubtedly a first ballot Hall of Famer in any uh, sense of the imagination, Mr. Travis White. Travis, I am honored to be with you here on this very special night uh, to talk about The Undertaker's Hall of Fame induction uh, and to say hashtag thank you, Taker. Uh, you know, it's been almost five years exactly since we hatched the idea mm -hmm. for this podcast uh, the day after WrestleMania 33, and we thought The Undertaker... Uh, was about to retire, so how cool to see it all come full circle here. Yeah. Five years, almost 200 episodes later, to see The Undertaker finally take his rightful spot in the Hall of Fame. No, oh, it's pretty cool, man. That symmetry is not lost on me either. So I like that you said hatch. It reminded me of his debut when Donald Gooker. <laughs> or he nearly hatched. He didn't That's know right. if he was he was Eggman or not. So yeah, this could be a whole different podcast. He may not have made it in the Hall of Fame. Although they should put the Gooker in there with him this time. That'd be great. Absolutely. <laughs> Gooker can be in the Hall of Fame. Hey, look, if Queen Charmel can be in the Hall of Fame, why can't the gobbledygooker be in the hey, Hall of Fame? That's right. We got Queen Charmel going in. As of this recording, Vader, it's all we know, though, and, and Taker. So. Yeah, rumors uh, about possibly Psycho Sid, maybe even the, the Steiner Steiners, brothers. Yeah. You know, I, I said it on Twitter, if Sid and Vader and The Undertaker go in the Hall of Fame, I'm 100% taking credit for that, <laughs> yeah. me and you, man, because we have yeah. been ringing the bell for Vader <laughs> for and Sid to go yeah. in for a long, yeah. long time. So uh, yeah. my fingers are crossed. Glad to see Vader uh, finally going oh, in there. Yeah. But tonight's about The Undertaker. We are right. talking about his Hall of Fame induction. I got my tie on. Uh, of course, you can't see The Undertaker part of the tie uh, in this uh, uh, way that I'm sitting. But I got some other <laughs> Hall of Famers on here. And Ken Shamrock, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Hall of Famers and Ken Shamrock. Uh, should be a Hall of Famer. Come on. He's an Impact Hall of Famer. There you go. That's... <laughs> something and uh I, 
Travis, I've worn a tie for this podcast more times than I have in real life over the past year. <laughs> I think I've worn, <laughs> worn a tie on a podcast three times. <laughs> but worn one outside of the house. <laughs> I've yet to wear a tie on the podcast, and I also yet to wear them in real life. So I don't wear them at all. So I have to wear one. Well, yeah, as we record this in a few days, I'll be at a wedding. So mm, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'll be wearing a tie there probably. So. Well, uh, you know. We talk about the Hall of Fame, and we're gonna this. We call this a very special episode because um, we've been talking for 200 episodes about the Undertaker. You know everything that pretty much we have to say about the Undertaker. We've yeah. praised him. We've talked about his merits and and uh, all of his great accomplishments and why we love him and why he is the goat, the greatest uh, character of all time. We we've done all that. And oh, the, for, the G coat, the G coat, greatest, greatest character of all time. Time, the co yeah. um <laughs> silent g the co. Yeah. but um go, the go coat greatest original character of all time is, is that a go t-shirt coat. i think it could well, it be. is now uh, go coat <laughs> um we've done all that you guys have listened to us and we thank you for doing that throughout all these episodes but tonight's episode is not just about us. It is about mm. all of you, our fellow right. creatures of the night, longtime listeners and fans of The Undertaker. We are turning this episode over to you. We have solicited some videos and audio messages from our fellow creatures of the night uh, telling telling us, telling the world what The Undertaker means to them. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be the majority of tonight's episode. Yeah. Uh, and so we will get to those in just a moment. But on this very special occasion, Travis, uh, I just wanted to ask you, you know, just some uh, some initial thoughts. What, what does The Undertaker going into the Hall of Fame, what, what does it truly mean? What does it mean uh, in, in your eyes? Well, without spoiling too much, this is actually our first ever intercontinental title uh, uh, podcast, too. Sure. So we'll get to that later. But, yeah, um, I'd say, you know, some guys say they don't need to go in the Hall of Fame. There's their uh their career stands for itself, you know, whatever. And I think that it, to a certain extent that is true, you know, um, just like guys don't need to win a Grammy to make sure that, you know, they know their songs impacted somebody. But I think for this is um, your peers putting you in, you know, it's, uh, and it means a lot. And for someone like him, you know, no disrespect to a Coco Beware, but like, I mean, what is the lasting impact of the Birdman? You know, it's seriously. <laughs> now he was in the first match, of Taker's first date. There you go. Match. But I'm just saying, like, in the long grand scheme of impact and uh, fingerprints on the wrestling business, Taker, like you said on episode one, he's been there. He's wrestled Hulk Hogan, and he's wrestled the the young guys. You know, he's wrestled all the guys from this era. He spanned 30 years, 1990 to 2020. And I think it just validates that that career meant something, you know, and I think it's cool to see him. And it's going to be fun. You know, the last couple years he's been – to borrow a Jericho term and breaking the walls down, you know, and been showing his real self. So he was even on a Ryan Satin's podcast saying he's, he's not sure how, how if he can make it through, you know, he might get choked up, you know, and Vince might too. And that is true. You know, Vince got choked up on Pat McAfee's show talking about taking. Right. So yeah. to see the real emotion from yeah. those two guys who were supposed to be the most intimidating two guys in the wrestling business yeah. ever, like those two guys are like, you know, the two dons of the family, you know, and uh, to see those guys, uh, I think it's gonna be cool just to see the real emotion finally, because you didn't want this years ago. I, and and that's one thing I will say, I know I'm going on long here, but some people are like, you know, finally, finally, he's going in finally, well, when would you want it to be like, that's my question. Like, I think 
it is finally now because his career is over. So right. he didn't need to do it years ago. He right. didn't need to do it while he was still active. Um, it's different for a guy like Edge who had his career taken away and then now is active again, or like a Goldberg, you know, or Kurt Angle. But like this is Taker lasted the whole time as an active wrestler and now he's going in. You know, it's just crazy. So this is there wasn't no better time than the present to, to put him in. So and it's Texas, you know, it's 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 two nights trying to get a hundred thousand people there. It's 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 all big, spectacular, stupendous. Just like the Undertaker's career has been, so that's my uh, make a short story long. Two things I want to piggyback off of that you just said, man. Uh, the Hall of Fame it does it, it means different things for different mm-hmm. wrestlers, I think, because you know, like I love Coco Beware. I think there's a different uh, baseline for a Hall of Famer than Coco Beware. He's he's above some other ones, uh, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, uh, but. Uh, but um, you know, it, it, it means different things for different people, but but no matter sure. what, he's always going to be there. You know, 50 years from now, if the WWE is still around, which I'm sure it will be, and the Hall of Fame is still around, he will still be there. He will be enshrined there forever mm-hmm. in the record books. And there was no Hall of Fame when The Undertaker started his career. The, the no. WWE Hall of Fame did not even exist. Right. And it even went away for a few years. And it like it mm-hmm. was kind of an afterthought. And then it came back. And now it's become this huge honor and this huge important part of the WWE and, and of a wrestler's career. Of possibly making the Hall yeah. of Fame. And he's part of what made it that. He's part of what established the WWE to be able to have a legitimate Hall of Fame that, you know, some people say it doesn't mean anything. It does mean something. It absolutely means sure. something. Um, and you, you talked about there's going to be two nights of WrestleMania with, uh, you know, uh, maybe 100,000 each night, you know, maybe 70, 80,000, however many it sells, whatever. It's going to be a huge Six number. Six million. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who cares? It's going to be a lot of people. Well, I want you to think about this, and I want all the listeners to think about this. The Undertaker's first WrestleMania was WrestleMania 7. And that WrestleMania was supposed to be at an outdoor stadium in California, and it was supposed to have like 80,000 people. And for whatever reason, some say safety reasons, most people say poor ticket sales, it had to move to uh, the LA Sports Arena, where it held about 15,000 people. So The Undertaker's first WrestleMania, the business was so small that they had to move from a giant arena to a 15,000-seat arena. And here we are, 30 years later, with The Undertaker going from his first WrestleMania to his Hall of Fame WrestleMania. And this WrestleMania is so big, it's being held over two nights (laughs) in the biggest sports stadium in the country. Yeah. Where you combine the attendance for the two nights, whatever it ends up being, even if it's not sold out each night. Yeah. It will be 10 times the amount of people there (laughs) for this WrestleMania than there was for his first WrestleMania. That's insane. And... Obviously, the wrestling business is more than one person, and yeah. uh, you know it's grown because of more than one person. But you cannot tell me that the Undertaker is not a huge role into why those two facts have changed. I wholeheartedly agree. That's an excellent point, man. And I, I mentioned too. You know, they waited. To me, they waited too late in the game to announce him. I would. I'm actually not going to even see it. I will be at. Uh, actually, I'll be at one of his. Uh, you know, Taker is a dentist. As well, we established. I'll be at one of his patients' comedy shows uh, tonight, uh, Nate Bargatze in Knoxville. But if they'd announced it, Taker Singh, too, I literally would have gone to Texas to sure. see yeah. this. 
just to see this. I know you may not have been able to make it because of the baby, we're, but like we're gonna try to, we're gonna try to figure something out. But like right. I literally would have gone, but they waited so late to announce it. I don't know why it didn't, but it is what it is. But yeah, I mean he he would have boosted ticket sales from from day one in November when they went on sale, you know. But yeah, he's uh, it's so funny you mentioned that how far the business has come and just you know WrestleMania since his first one. It's crazy to think about, and it's it's more. It's about the brand or whatever, but this not this is gonna be about him. Like people are gonna is. stay after SmackDown to watch the Hall of Fame for him. And as soon as I get home from that con from that uh, show, I'm gonna be watching the Hall of Fame. That's I can't the wait. Nice it's part about exciting. Peacock, you can just queue it up and watch yeah. it. And yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to watch it live, uh, but I will definitely be will, seeing it at some point. Yeah. You know, uh, within 24 hours or so, yeah. of seeing it. And I can't wait. I can't wait to hear Vince's induction speech and the video packages, and mm-hmm. may even get teared up myself getting to watch this. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, uh, there's uh, uh, what we do on these monthly Talking Taker episodes uh, every month. We try to talk about all of the uh, Undertaker news and notes and and different appearances and interviews and things that he's been on and you know quite frankly first of all we want to get to all your videos and and have you guys talk for most of this episode but also there's just been so many this month too much uh, and there will be more you know we're recording this uh, about a week before the episode is going to drop so i'm sure there's going to be more appearances from undertaker so we're not going to get to them all uh we've watched them i'm sure you out there have watched them and uh but um was there any particular favorite ones or favorite stories that came up uh any of the ones that you saw travis yeah, I'd read a story in the Dallas Tribune or something, and then he actually re- he mentioned it again on uh, Ryan Satin's Out of Character podcast, which, again, I'm not the biggest Ryan Satin fan, but kudos to him for being able to, to have the show he has with Fox. You know? Absolutely. It's awesome. I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah. Uh, Jealous of him. Got, oh, yeah. <laughs> but he got to interview uh, Taker. It uh, came out um, uh, this – well, today as we record this. But um, And he mentioned on that, too, that – um. They actually offered him, Vince called him after WrestleMania 30, after the Brock match. I don't know how soon after, but that was allegedly going to be one of his last matches, possibly. And uh, and he's talking about that on the, um, what's it called, the Dead Man Rides Away. Oh, <laughs> last, last ride. ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, that Vince offered him Hall of Fame after that, and he said, no, no I'm not done yet. I don't want to go in after a match I don't remember. So I thought that was pretty cool. I, I hadn't heard that story. They'd actually offered it to him beforehand. Um Kind of thought that may be the case, but you know, hearing it from him was pretty cool. So yeah. he shared that in the Dallas Tribune and on Ryan Satin's Out of Character podcast. So uh, another cool thing he shared on Ryan Satin's Out of Character podcast. I'll let you talk about this. So I think you're gonna <laughs> you oh, tell well, the story. <laughs> yeah, just uh, you know, I think the, the favorite thing of a lot of people that's come out is this is that famous picture of that we all thought was Undertaker with his grandma. Uh, you know, like in 1991 or two, yeah. he, he looks like he's almost in character with her yeah. and. Ryan sat and asked him about that, and Undertaker just <laughs> one of the best quotes you'll ever hear. Said, "I don't know who that woman is, and I don't know why I was in her house." It's <laughs> awesome. You know, he was riding hard back in the nineties, dude. <laughs> Maybe he's taking piano lessons, like a in a uh, wedding singer, go over that lady's house. He I'm sure that's what it was. Lady, she pays him with meatballs. Maybe that was it. <laughs> Anyway. That's one theory. You're only going to get that content here from Talk and Taker, oh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. You're not going to find that anywhere else. Well, no, but, You're uh, welcome. He's been on some other shows, and uh, you can leave a comment and let us know uh, which ones uh, have been good, which ones have yeah. been worth watching. And uh, fingers crossed, maybe one day oh. he will be on Talking Taker. 
And uh, as this comes out, they will have already debuted WWE Evil, that new show on Peacock yeah, that sure. uh, John Cena is um, producing and I think narrating. It's not out yet, but um, one of the episodes is Kane and Undertaker. So yeah. I can't wait. That's going to be fun to, to check out. So I hope it's good. We will Seems have to talk to be, about that in the future. Yeah, yeah, we will. So yeah, keep your eyes, uh, your eye holes open for that on the Peacock. I think it's going to play on USA too. I think some of them are going to play on USA, a couple oh, select cool. ones before WrestleMania. So that's pretty sweet. They're doing a lot of content on USA this year before WrestleMania, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Building up the brand. Again, that's a, another testament to how big the brand is and mm-hmm. how established it is. And uh, Travis, I know uh, you got to go see a live event. You couldn't go to the Hall of Fame, but you got to go to a wow. WWE live event uh, for the first time in a long time this past weekend. Anything you want to share about that? No, it was a blast, man. Yeah, they. Uh, I was alone. My wife and kids were out of town. Spring break, so a buddy of mine asked me if I want to go. And, uh, yeah, we went in Johnson City, uh, Freedom Hall, uh, which is about half an hour from where I live. And, uh, dude, Johnson City came out. East Tennessee was representing. There was Love not that. a seat in the house. It was packed. Saw my big, big boss from work there. <laughs> I think I surprised him. I don't think the he big boss man? Big, my big boss man. Yeah, at work. Um, yeah, I was like, what's up? But he, he was embarrassed. But anyway, uh, it was fun, man. <laughs> really fun. About a, a little over three-hour show. It was a long show. I was, I was really impressed. Yeah. Um, a lot of good stuff. Just a fun time. Yeah, I haven't been to a WWE live event of any kind since your birthday in 2015. We went to like NXT in Nashville. So been over seven years, which is weird to think about because we used to go all the time. And uh, just man, haven't been since I had kids, basically. I mean, my son was two then. But anyway, yeah, it's crazy to think about. But it was a lot of fun. Really good night. Really entertaining. They knew exactly what they were doing with the fans. And uh, most over people there that night were Roman and the Usos. And it was great. It was a hill town that night. But it was good. Good stuff, man. Uh, Boogs, Boogs, very over too. Boogs, Boogs was over. <laughs> Him and Sammy had a little guitar off. It was fantastic. Boogs has got everything that Vince wants. He's a he's a sports sure. entertainer. So anyway, fun time. I encourage you guys to go check them out there. Every your way, it's 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 a really fun show. Just because like the, the they're not uh, hemmed in by TV, you know, commercial breaks and stuff like that. They yeah. can be silly and stupid and 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 have fun. So and you don't take yourself too seriously. So. Roman and Drew in the main event. So we'll yeah. con- take connection to Extreme Rules 2019. Yeah. That exactly. uh, Undertaker match. So that's It was for the Universal to title, too, because the kid behind me is like, Mom, if Drew wins, he goes to face Brock at Mania. Oh, it I was love so that. cool. It was love so cool. That. A lot of kids in the audience, too, man. I that's was what you want to see. Yeah. excited on my kids and there were kids behind us like okay say let's go drew on three one two three go drew and it was just really cool man and somewhere roman sucks and it was so fun to see little kids get into it man it made me so happy because that's how a lot of us started being wrestling fans so and even I, though it's changed it's not the same as it was when we were kids the over-the-top muscle-bound characters with the little like comic book characters come to life it's still cool to see little kids get into it there's no better segue to what we're doing here tonight because we're yeah. <laughs> going to hear from a bunch of you who are going to be sharing those sort of memories of growing up with The Undertaker, becoming a wrestling fan as a child because of him, becoming scared of him, but wanting to come back for more and how that fandom grew and has been there for 30 years. And as we lead into that, I just want to reiterate that, man, a 30-year career. And there's really nothing like that to compare him to in sports or entertainment because you know we grow up with characters like we we can be connected to a character like the batman or like a luke skywalker or somebody like that for 30 years or longer 
But those guys aren't played by the same person for that right. long. Very, very, very rarely will you see a character played by that person for very long. And even so, it may be in a movie or a TV show, a movie that comes out every couple years, a TV show that has 20 episodes a year or something like that. In sports, you might have a Tom Brady once in a generation who is your quarterback for over 20 years. Maybe he will get to 30 years. Who knows Maybe, at this point? Yeah. <laughs> He goes the Terry Funk route. I'm retires. But even then, you're not seeing him every single week. You're just seeing him for the season. Mm-hmm. And I know the Undertaker. He takes his. He took his hiatuses and his hibernations and everything. But you got this guy playing this character, same guy playing the same character for 30 years, and for a long time. Part of that, it was every single week he was in your house on your TV. Sometimes multiple times a week, and. That's why wrestling has such a deep connection with people like us and like people we're going to hear from. Like that's why the loss of a guy like Scott Hall hurts so much because you feel like a personal connection with mm-hmm. him because it, it's more than any other kind of TV show or movie. I've always said that to people when I get emotional about yeah. yeah wrestlers passing away or things like that. There's really no other connection like it. And that's why honoring him feels so special for a lot of people. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> I can think of like like a Chris Jericho, and he's even <laughs> compared himself to Undertaker. I mean, but he wasn't. That's fair. But he that's wasn't. Valid. Taker was on top from day one. Mm. Within one year, he won the world title. Chris Jericho, I love him, but he was not on top. No. And that's one of the reasons he left WWE a few years ago because Vince didn't see him as a top guy. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like Taker, you can say, yeah, well, Jericho. People nitpick. Well, Jericho's been in 30 years. Okay, but he's been. Taker has been with the WWE for 30 years 32 now you know what i'm saying so um yeah jericho's great he's in a 30-year career but it's not the same as an undertaker yeah he's got longevity but he's changed and changed and changed and flipped companies and this and that and the other and you know gone away and done fozzy for three or four years and come back but <laughs> it's just like you know and i love him and there, there should be a jericho podcast like this but nobody has been on top the whole time like taker has um we're gonna you know like you said like an actor um you know, a guy like who's been around 30 years doing McConaughey, you know, like a Tom Hanks or been, something like that. Yeah, you know, he but, hasn't been an A-list actor the whole time. You know, yeah. they had to work their way out. Like Taker, take all the mean Mark Cow stuff. The Undertaker has been A-list the entire time. The entire time. Absolutely. And so. um, that that just that tells you what you're going to. Uh, gives you an idea of what you're going to hear yeah. from uh, these people here tonight. So we're going to introduce them all. We're going to uh, play their videos or play their audio messages. And again, we are so thankful for all of you for, uh, you know, just bearing your souls and like being honest and, and, and like uh, being vulnerable and sharing this sort of stuff, which is not always easy for people. Right. Uh, and I, I didn't know what to expect when I put out the call for these messages and asked people to share a hashtag thank you taker message tell us why you're a fan what are your memories what the undertaker going in the hall of fame means to you uh but you guys exceeded my expectations i truly think uh all of you listening are are gonna just really enjoy this uh maybe even by be moved and touched by it because i certainly was by some of these messages so i i'm uh very proud of this podcast I, i said on twitter uh this is i think um uh, my favorite thing that we've done in the past five years is getting to be able to hear these messages. So let's kick them off, man. Let's kick them off with um, 
someone else who has an Undertaker podcast. Uh, someone you've heard on this show, and you're going to hear from some people you've heard on this show before. Uh, you're going to hear some people who's... Twitter handles I've mentioned, but you've never heard their voices or seen their faces. Uh, you're going to hear from some brand new people on this show as well. But let's hear from our friend of the show. Uh, he has a um, uh, a brother podcast to us called uh, Collecting Dead Man. Uh, started in the wake of our original podcast run ending. This is Steven Zeman, and he's going to kick us off sharing his memories of The Undertaker. This is Steven Zeman from the Collecting Dead Man podcast, and I just want to say thank you, Undertaker, and congratulations on being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2022. For over 30 years, you've been taking souls and digging holes, and the creatures of the night worldwide, thank you for giving us lasting moments, matches, and memories that we look back on fondly. Because if it wasn't for you, Undertaker, I would not be the wrestling fan that I am today. Because 24 years ago, I turned on Monday Night Raw late at night when I was not supposed to and saw you hang Stone Cold Steve Austin from your symbol. And the lighting, the music, and especially you, Undertaker, standing below there with your eyes rolled back and you're surrounded by your ministry of darkness. That captured my imagination that grabbed me in and that made me a fan of yours, Undertaker, for now tw going on 24 years. I'm trying to amass the largest collection of your memorabilia all because of that night. So I thank you, Undertaker. I thank you for the moments and matches that you have given me. I thank you for all the creatures of the night that are now my friends worldwide because of you, Undertaker. You have, you have connected us in ways that you may not even possibly imagine. So for all the creatures of the night worldwide, and especially for me, Undertaker, congratulations. My hat is off to you. Hello. My name is Steven, and I'm a creature of the night. This April, this Hall of Fame is going to be very special. The man that I looked up to for many years, 30 years plus, is finally getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. And the send-off is gone. I'm going to miss him. Mark Calloway was more than The Undertaker. He was more, more than me, Mark Callis. He was more than The Punisher. He was more than anything that you could ever think of. I thank him so much. I love him so much. And thanks to you, you got me through hard times. And I'm very thankful for you. You're important. This is why I do what I do. I enjoy cosplaying as you. I've met many people. Great people, I should say. I made a little girl happy. I made a little boy happy. Feeling good. Makes me feel good. 
So the one final last hoorah for you, Mark Calloway. My hat. I tip to you. Alright, so you heard from Steven Zeman from Collecting Dead Man, and then you just heard from another friend of the show. Everybody here is a friend of the show, but that's, uh, he's on Instagram at Jokerius Torrance. Uh, I don't know if I can say his kayfabe name, but Steven, <laughs> Steven Murphy. <laughs> and dude, he is an Undertaker cosplayer. Um, and you can see in that video just how meaningful the dead yeah. man is to him. Um, he, he, if you go on his Instagram page, you'll see a lot of great images and moments of him as a cosplayer, as an Undertaker uh, cosplayer. We've seen some great cosplay throughout the years with Undertaker and Paul Bearer, even especially. Yeah. Man, uh, that's a that's a different level of commitment um, that you have to go through for that. And I, and I love it. Oh yeah, me too. I appreciate. It. I'm glad we kicked off the show with those guys. Um, yes, Zeman again. You can just tell from his podcast and just the the images he had behind him too was really cool. I'm glad he had the takers. So, I mean, he's trying to collect all takers stuff. I mean, what an endeavor, you know. So kudos to him, and yeah, kudos to uh, you know a guy who is in you know has another passion of mine, you know Bat- Batman, you know Joe Curious Torrance. So you know, he's got. Batman and Undertaker, you know, I'm all about it. So, yeah, I love that. And thank you guys for reaching out and for, uh, you know, sending us those videos. And we can tell that Taker is more than just a character on TV to you. Yeah, you know, there's a common thread in a lot of these videos and messages that you're going to hear about is the uh, fatherhood connection uh, with, like, some memories of watching Undertaker with people's fathers and having that memory associated with them. Um, you know, my dad hated wrestling. <laughs> He's Mine been too. on the show before, <laughs> but a lot of people got to have that experience with their dads and have that connection. Uh, and I think, and, and that's really special too. So I, I love hearing that. Yeah. Uh, let's hear from another guy. Uh, I don't think I'd, I'd heard from him or, or um, seen a message from him on social media before. Uh, but this is a guy named Anthony and I'm going to butcher his last name, but I'm going to try Anthony uh, Foth. Fotong or something like that. Fotong, Fotong. Uh, you can tell me uh, if I got it wrong, but uh, he's going to share some recollections. He grew up in a, he's a little bit younger than us, grew up in a different time period, has a different connection to the undertaker. So let's hear his message. Hey, what's up, man? What's up? What's up? Talking taker podcast. Uh, my name's Anthony and um, yeah, man, this is my video or well, not video, but my audio for, why Taker's my favorite wrestler, man, and, you know, just celebrating his career and his induction to the Hall of Fame. Let's get into it. Well, man, why is he my favorite wrestler? I would say, you know, he's always been my favorite wrestler since I was a child. You know, that's the just the most, you know, earliest vivid memories that I have of just liking a wrestler. It was Undertaker, you know, like, as a kid, and I didn't grow up in the 90s, you know, I grew up in the ruthless aggression era, so when I first saw Taker, he wasn't even the dead man, he was the American badass, and that's what he was to me, like, I just thought he was so cool, like, that captivated me as a kid, you know, just, man, who is this huge guy riding his bike, and he's tatted, and he's got all black on, and, you know, he's a badass, just beating everybody he was so dope to me like as a kid like how can you not like that you know what I mean and then 
just over time, he's always stayed my favorite wrestler because that character, like, no one in the business had that character growing up. Like, this dude was mythical already by the time the Rufus Aggression era came and when he returned as the dead man and kept that going, you know. He was mythical. It was so dope to see him come down that ring and he was just so cool, man. It's just like, and it's just like anyone that had a favorite wrestler is like, okay, your favorite wrestler is this and that, but come on, they not better than Taker. Like, this is no argument there, you know what I mean? Like, that's why he's my favorite wrestler, man, you know? And like, memories, uh, man, my, my favorite memories that I have of, man, of Taker growing up, three memories stick out to me. There's hella memories, but I would say WrestleMania 17 is, like I said, is my earliest memory as a kid is, you know, is seeing Taker in WrestleMania 17, man, I had that DVD rented from the library, like, me and my cousin used to watch that all the time, and he always used to give me crap, because, like, you know, he's, he was always saying how I would always rewatch the same things, you know, growing up, and I didn't have cable growing up, so I would always have these old DVDs that I would find at GameStop, and it would just be stuff like SummerSlam 2002, Survivor Series 2001, like, you know, stuff from that era, um, just the invasion era, a, a lot of that stuff I had growing up, uh, and Taker was there, man, uh, WrestleMania 17, though, just seeing him just ride that bike right down that long entrance, man, WrestleMania 17, the face hunter, you know, it was so dope, and then at the end, when he rode back up, and he rose as he threw his hand up, you know, the signature arm up, uh, man, that's one of my favorite memories as a kid, one of my earliest memories, um, WrestleMania 20, that's another memory that I have of him, when he came back as the dead man, like, like I said, I didn't grow up watching him as the dead man in the 90s, I wasn't there, so, seeing him come back, and seeing Paul Bear, I was just like, yo, what is this, like, and I just remember watching the promo for that match, because I had WrestleMania 20 on DVD, like, that promo used to scare me as a kid, but, like, I just kept wanting to watch it, though, and it was my favorite, man, and just seeing him, and, just that aura of just him walking like you felt that as a kid just seeing him walk down there and you hear the crowd react like it was so dope and hearing that ominous theme like like I said I didn't grow up watching that so seeing that in real time because I, I had the DVD when it came out WrestleMania 20 2004 you know really seeing that in real time seeing that entrance I would only hear that music see that theme, you know, in old DVDs and just video games, you know, that's the only time I would see it, so seeing that in real time was so dope, and then another important memory that I have of his, uh, also, would just be, um, seeing him live, man, seeing him live was, that was so dope, seeing him live as a kid is, it was so dope, man, and I actually got to see him live when he came out from Des Moines, Iowa, so seeing him come here when he was in SmackDown, and seeing the smoke, and, like, you felt that, man, like, that smoke is real, it's hot, like, and, like, I went with my mom, and just seeing him live, I'm just so happy I can see my favorite wrestler alive, you know, that was my favorite, man, I can never, like, recreate that, and I wish I would've saw him as an older person, like, as an adult, because I feel like I would appreciate him more, but seeing him live, that was another pivotal, you know, memory of mine so um i know i'm a little more past the five minute mark but uh just to end it here man uh 
why his career has meant so much to me is just the longevity, man, the character. No one has his character, you know, holding on to kayfabe this long and respecting the business, holding everyone accountable, being the locker room leader. That's why his career has meant so much to me, you know, and also the longevity, you know, like I said, my favorite wrestler being in the business for so long and him creating new memories for me late in his career. He got better in his career. That's why his career has meant so much to me, man, like, who, you know, having your favorite person, artist, whatever, doing it for so long at that high level. How can you not appreciate that, man? But, yeah, anyways, man, I feel like I was long-winded here. Six-minute mark. I hope y'all take my video anyways. Uh, Take take my audio, I mean. <laughs> I keep saying video. But, um, yeah, man, that's that's my take on taking my favorite wrestler, man. I got a tattoo of him, too, on my arm. That's how you know it's real. All right, y'all, peace. Mr. Michael Larkin, The Undertaker is going into the Hall of Fame. Well-deserved, about time. When I think of The Undertaker, some of my favorite matches and moments of The Undertaker that really come to mind, and I'll start with this one because I was there live and in person when he returned at WrestleMania 20 at Madison Square Garden against Kane, and the electricity and the roof came up once they heard the gong, Paul Bearer, the whole entrance was amazing to see live, and it was a really special moment for Undertaker fans. One other one that really sticks out to me was one of the greatest Raw main events, in my humble opinion, was him and Jeff Hardy for the Undisputed Championship back in July of 2002. Climb the ladder, kid. Make yourself famous. Um, of course, The Undertaker and Mankind, Hell in a Cell. Good God Almighty, they killed him. I think every evolution of The Undertaker, whether it be the Phenom or the American Badass, he told an amazing story with each and every character, because it was him being him, but also with the volume turned up, which is what makes the art form of professional wrestling so amazing. So those are some that really stick out to me. The feud with Brock Lesnar, both times from, you know, the Hell in a Cell from No Mercy 2002. Um, uh, God, that chokes I'm going into No Mercy 2003 with the biker chain match. Not necessarily the match itself, but I remember that chokeslam. My goodness gracious. Um, from everything from going into WrestleMania 30, uh, the match with CM Punk at WrestleMania 29 where Punk also you know put the ashes of Paul Bear on The Undertaker. That was an amazing feud. Uh, the, of course, WrestleMania 25 with Shawn Michaels. Um, there are so many great stuff. The Triple H match from WrestleMania 17 and WrestleMania 28. My God. And of an era. Um, those really stick out to me. The WrestleMania performances, the match with Jeff Hardy, the match with Kane, the Kane feud all in all. Everything about The Undertaker really is something special. And of course, the Boneyard match from WrestleMania in 2020. So those are some of my moments and memories. I'm smiling just talking to you guys about this. So congratulations to The Undertaker. Well-deserved rightfully so, and Vincent Kennedy McMahon will be inducting him, much like he did with Stone Cold Steve Austin back in 2009. What a time for professional wrestling, and what a time to be a fan of The Undertaker. All right, you just heard from Anthony, and then another friend of the show, uh, a guy who I've been on his podcast a few times, Michael Larkin, uh, one of our earliest listeners and supporters. Yeah. I did his podcast way, way back in the early days, Years I ago. think 2017, uh, even back in the day. Uh, but Anthony, dude, he uh, 
I didn't send you cool. the pic- or did I send you the picture? Did I, uh, did you see his no, tattoo? No. Oh no, my I did not goodness! See his tattoo. I'll I'll send it to you, man. Uh, it's like it's on his uh, uh forearm, and it's just like the Undertaker's eyes with like the the little marks, kind of yeah. like around two thousand, basically yeah. this like this Undertaker, yeah, just his eyes rolled back, and then like the little black marks oh, on awesome. there. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, I thought it was cool, you know, that he grew up watching biker taker like that's yeah. when he grew up and like that he yet he was still because most people are enthralled with the you know dark presence in the gun like he was enthralled and drawn to him as a biker taker which you and i've gone on record early on this podcast saying that we were kind of turned off by that because we hadn't seen that first it was such a different change but seeing anthony or hearing anthony say he loved that and then even when he transitioned to dark like he was still like it's just cool man to, to see different perspectives and hear from younger younger uh you know fans Really cool. And then Michael, yeah, he was there with us at WrestleMania 20 when it all Dude, began again. You know, I thought that was pretty cool. And I think we may have touched <laughs> on that before. I can't remember. But, yeah, Maybe. we yeah. were there with that. And just, you know, it like that was the the slogan was where it all begins again, you know. Um, and that was really cool. I think it's it, it, I don't think they intended that for Taker, but it that's true. It all began again and yeah, rejuvenated right. his career that's right. for the next 18 years. So. And he shared a lot of great classic Undertaker matches, and yeah. I think that is so cool that like uh, when we did our finale episode last year, and we did the fans vote for the top twenty Undertaker pay per view matches of all time. It was like one hundred sixty some some odd matches, almost one hundred seventy matches. I think every match except for it was like less than ten of those matches did not get a vote. So like 150 out of 160 of his matches got votes from people in their right. top 20 matches. And that just yeah. shows you, uh, you know, how many great matches he's had and how different your right. fandom of him could be. That like for some people, Undertaker versus Test is like a top 20 match for them mm-hmm. or Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. And then for other people, you know, it's of course Undertaker and Shawn Michaels and all that stuff. But his matches and his character and his persona, like you said about Anthony, it, it all yeah. resonates with people in different ways. And that is so cool to hear. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, next up, I've got a couple of friends of mine uh, in in real life, friends of mine before I started the podcast. Uh, one is named Billy Usry, and another is named Clay Daniel, uh, and they are guys that I knew uh, when they were very young, like in middle school. Uh, yeah. we've, we've talked on the show, uh, Travis and I both have worked with, with youth and ministry or in teaching positions, mentoring positions for uh, a long, long part of our life. And Travis, man, one of my absolute favorite things in life is getting co- to connect with a young person about wrestling. It is so cool to be able to have that in with them when you're trying to build a relationship with them and have that special bond with them to take a kid to like their first wrestling show. Oh, Dude, yeah. There's, you talked about it with the house show, man. There's there's nothing really like that. Yeah, it's a blast. Yeah, I'm excited to hear for you guys to hear from these folks. So. Yep, known them for a long time. So let's hear some memories from them. My favorite thing about The Undertaker is his theme music. Once you hear that gong, you know all hell's about to break loose. My favorite memory of The Undertaker has got to be Royal Rumble 2007 when he came back at number 30 and won the whole thing won the whole rumble man i'm really happy 
that The Undertaker has finally been inducted. And about how it's been many years that we've waited, and now finally he has been inducted. Hello, my name is Drew Carfrey, and I have been an Undertaker fan my whole life. Um, the Undertaker is who got me into wrestling. Um, ever since I was a little kid, I always saw this big, dark, black figure. And I was mesmerized as a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old me. And uh, I was hooked ever since. And The Undertaker has brought me some of my best childhood memories over the years. Um, thank you, Taker. And I am honored to have been a fan of yours. And welcome to the Hall of Fame. All right, you heard from a couple of my old buddies, Billy Estery and Clay Daniel. Thank you guys for sending in submissions. And then we heard um, from a Twitter friend of ours. Uh, he's at Carfrey D on Twitter. His name is Drew Carfrey. Carfrey and- DM. Carfrey <laughs> Great video submission. And yeah, he buddy. used a great word, a Vince McMahon word of the day word, mesmerized. He said he was mesmerized by The Undertaker as a kid. And that is just the perfect way to sum up his character and how his character resonated with so many people. Don't you think? Uh, absolutely, man. <clears throat> I, was, I had that in my notes. to just mentioned that too, that he, he wrote that that's what got him hooked on wrestling. And he just mesmerized by Undertaker and been a fan ever since. And that's so cool. And that's a thread that runs through a lot of these. So really neat. And yeah, Billy and Clay short and sweet. I like it though. Clay mentioned, you know, Rumble 2007 was probably one mm. of his favorite things. Yeah. You know, his memories would take her win in that finally. And uh, that's a pretty cool memory because it's something that we talked about on here that was just, uh, I don't know, just really, really, really fun. Uh, him finally getting that, you know? Yeah. Clay, man, Clay has got the most encyclopedic knowledge of pro wrestling I've ever met. And and he had it from a young age and he he could tell you stuff that I couldn't even tell you. So uh, love you guys. Miss you guys. Uh, Thank you for submitting some stuff for us. You and Billy. Billy, the guy I wrestled a few times at the church. The Q. Uh, The Q. The nightmare. Um, Well, now we got a guy who's been a long time uh, listener, longtime contributor, first time caller. As far as he is, this is the first time we've heard his voice. Um, we well, we've read his tweets and talked about him on the air. He is uh, he has a talking taker shirt. Uh, he actually sent me an image of it. He's worn that shirt so much. There's nothing left on the front of it. Awesome. <laughs> he said it's time for a new talking taker shirt because it's <laughs> completely gone. Uh, but this is Princeton John, and he's actually gonna be at the Hall of Fame and at WrestleMania this year. Uh, so, John, we are going to need your stories. Yeah, and We're going to need your on-the-scene report. We need you to get that to us. Uh, but let's hear his memories of The Undertaker. All right. My tribute to The Undertaker 
going into the Hall of Fame, finally. Been waiting for this for a long, long time. Uh, so I don't know where to begin because I don't remember the first time I've ever watched wrestling. It was so early. Um, I know it's in the mid-90s, but I do remember the first thing I basically watched was this seven-foot-tall, dark, mysterious figure that scared the living daylights out of me. And every time he did his entrance, I walk behind the TV until the entrance is over, and then I'll, you know, go ahead and sit in front of the TV after the entrance is over and watch his match. So that's how I started watching uh, professional wrestling. It was because of The Undertaker. I don't remember who his opponent was either, but I know it was the mid-90s, um, and I was just mesmerized by watching this man just uh, do his thing, uh, Undertaker, um, thank you so much for making me fall in love with professional wrestling, I was a WWE guy in the 90s, so I grew up watching the Attitude Era as a, you know, nine, eight, nine-year-old kid, um, watching Undertaker, Kane, Stone Cold, all those guys, just tear it up and made me fall, fall in love with professional wrestling. And it all started with The Undertaker. So thank you, Undertaker, for making me a fan. And just putting your body on the line for all our fans throughout the years. Can't believe you had a 30-year career with the WWE alone. And goes back farther than that. So... All these years later, and still one of my favorites, no matter what it is. So, I know I'm happy I can see, I get to see you live. I'll be in the Hall of Fame ceremony watching you get inducted live, and I'll be there at WrestleMania, you know, for your absolutely tremendous standing ovation. You no know, Friday, and then whether it. It's WrestleMania Saturday or Sunday, it doesn't matter. You deserve a big standing ovation from the fans that have been waiting for this moment for a long time. So thank you, Undertaker, for everything that you've done for this business. Everything that you've done for professional wrestling and everything you've done in my life. So I got your uh, Undertaker wine here and, you know... My wife and I are going to take a class right before the Hall of Fame ceremony in your tribute. So, can't wait to see you live in person. And just thank you for everything you've done for this business. My absolute all-time favorite. Thank you for everything. Thank you, Princeton John. And again, we, we got to hear your on-the-scene report, man. I, I'm so excited that you're going to get to be there in Dallas. Now, I wonder if Princeton John hid behind the TV during Taker's entrance at the Hall of Fame like he did when he was a kid. I just wrote that in my notes and I listened to it. That was gold, man. I love that. You hid behind the TV <clears throat> until he was out because it was just so, you know, you didn't use the word mesmerizing, I don't think, but that's kind of what we it's talked the about. Idea. Yeah, it's the idea. It's the idea. Just uh, 
scared, mesmerized, but like still, you still, you were, your interest was still peaked. You didn't turn it off. You just hit yes. by on TV, then you came exactly. back to see what was going on. So that's cool, you know. And there's only one of a kind guy that can do that to you. So I love and that. Cheers to you. Enjoying your Undertaker wine. I'm drinking coffee tonight, but uh, enjoy your Undertaker wine that you're going to have before oh, the yeah. uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. <laughs> Take her easy, though. <laughs> Great video on the YouTube channel. If you want to see me and my wife taste testing that Undertaker wine uh, from last year, uh, everybody check that out. I've still got an unused bottle. Uh, I may open it up for the Hall of Fame. I considered it. It needs to be a special occasion, but uh, I could get some more. They're like on clearance. Like they're just oh, are they? they're sitting on boxes of that stuff. I got an email the other day for like, uh, you get it for like $20 a bottle now. And Ooh, it, it yeah. was like triple that, I think, when it first uh, came yeah. out. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, Princeton John also sent us the DVD of that weird Indian movie that Brian Lee is in as the Undertaker. So we will get to that. We are going to yeah. do an episode. It's it's on the calendar. Uh, all this Hall of Fame stuff has has you know messed with our schedule, but I promise we will get to that this year. Princeton John, it will be a future episode. Um, so you've heard some great stories now. Now I've got kind of like a halftime break in these yeah. videos. Yeah, we got sort of a halftime show. We're going to have like a mini episode of another podcast in here. And they are guys that have been with us, you know, since day one, basically, who have been friends of ours, who have been on our show. We've been on their show. They promote us every single week on their show. And, uh, you know, we said like a five minute limit for these videos, but it's two guys doing it with their yeah. podcast. So it's going to be a little bit longer. So they get double the amount of time. Of course, you know, I'm talking about Mike and JV from the bottom line wrestling cast going through the career stone cold, Steve Austin. What? Of course, they're going to have a very memorable WrestleMania weekend as well. And I'm sure it'll be fun to cover it and hear it from their perspective. But, uh, exactly. let's hear some memories of the undertaker from Mike and JV here. Listen to them. Hello, listeners of Talking Taker. This is Mike Pru along with JV. We are from the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I want to thank Alex and Travis for giving us the opportunity and all of you the opportunity to share our thoughts on The Undertaker, who has just recently become the latest inductee to the WWE Hall of Fame. And first off, i, I got to be honest. And Alex and Travis wanted us to talk about, you know, why we love The Undertaker and why we're a big fan of The Undertaker and all that. And I'm going to be honest. I wasn't always a fan of The Undertaker. <laughs> Truly, I, I wasn't. And But you can't deny him. You can't deny him. He's always intriguing, but he's just never been my favorite. And I think longevity has been a major factor in my what's become my growing love and respect for The Undertaker. You know, this makes me realize, you know, I've probably taken him for granted because he's always been around. You know, that's the thing, JV. He's always been around for all these years. Nearly. Yeah, so you took him for granted. You know, you don't appreciate him. You start to not appreciate him as much because you're seeing him all the time. Right. Right. That, and that's kind of how I felt. Like, he's just always there. And it really took for... Me checking out Talking Taker with Alex and Travis to really start to appreciate him a little bit because I stopped to listen to their podcast and that played a really big role in me becoming a fan of him because I'm getting constant weekly coverage and Alex and Travis just putting The Undertaker over every week, episode after episode after episode. And that, you know, that's kind of like, oh, shit. you know, there is something to this. The Undertaker's been badass. He's awesome. How can I deny this guy? You know? You know, he, and here's another thing. He's just been, as I said, he's constant throughout 
my wrestling fandom. You know, he came in in 1990, the end of 90, 91. I'm, I just turned seven in 91. Right? Seven. Seven years old. This guy's been around <laughs> since I was seven. <laughs> Don't you remember it, too? You remember right. him being like, you know, the mystery guy and. Yeah, right. Yeah, a Survivor Series 90, he was the mystery guy. Yep. So that was like intriguing. You were 7, I was 6 and I I remember that. Like that's what's wild. That's one of my earliest wrestling memories. No, I agree. No, that's that's something I'm I'm going to talk about in just a moment. Like that is my memory. That's what I want to share with everybody is that early Undertaker. But before I get to that, you know, someone spanning that kind of career, like as I said, from 91 to here we are in 2022, The Undertaker has spanned all that time. You know, that's something you can't say for a lot of different areas of entertainment. You know, where one person just goes through all those years. It's always a constant in that media. You know, maybe, maybe in video games you can have Super Mario, right? Yeah, they're not real people. <laughs> They're not real people, right? They don't have they're, they're, they don't have mortality. <laughs> right, you don't see that in sports. You know, Tom Brady is close, but nope, not the same. Um, we can see in different areas of entertainment, like maybe movies. You know, right? You have actors that have crossed that span, but not a lot. You know, really, thirty-one years. You know, that puts the Undertaker like on the level of entertainment with people like Al Pacino. Robert De Niro, like in their in their in their game, yeah, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Undertaker is the Al Pacino, Robert De Niro of wrestling. <laughs> like he should be revered as such, you know. And and that's you know kind of mind blowing. Like holy crap, you know. I I don't I don't I'm trying to like censor myself because I know I'm talking Taker got better standards than I was here at the bottom line <laughs> wrestling cats. <laughs> And I know you had to beat me out, bleep me out one time already, Alex. So I'm sorry, sorry for that. But man, the Undertaker just goes across the board, you know. And Stone Cold summed it up. He summed it up on one of the Broken Skull sessions with the Undertaker. He says, "Ah, oh, it's like the George Strait song: Living legends are a dying breed." Nice line: Living legends are a dying breed. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what I was talking about, right? How many living legends do we get anymore? You know. And Undertaker is one of them. He's going into hall into the Hall of Fame. Now, I tried to look up that song by George Strait, and Stone Cold might be wrong. I don't even think that's the name of a song. I think it's just a lyric in some song. <laughs> but I couldn't find it exactly. But anyway, the sentiment is true. Living legends are dying breed. And the Undertaker is one of them. And the one memory that I did want to share, my greatest memory of the Undertaker goes back to the original Undertaker. You know, the 1990 to 1991 old school Western Undertaker. <laughs> and at that time, the Undertaker stood out. You know, he was different. He was scary. You know, he's like he was like a horror character, you know, from a horror movie. And I already I already liked horror movies at, the, at that point. I was seven years old. I'm thinking, how the hell can I like horror movies at that point? But I did. I don't know how my parents let me like that either, but they did. <laughs> so anyway, we have this now like horror movie character in wrestling. I thought that was cool, but the feeling was different than I had with horror movies. Watching The Undertaker on TV was different because I thought it was more real. 
thought this was more realistic for for whatever reason. Movies, I I knew it was fake. You know, Freddy Krueger chopping on someone's head, come popping his head out of a TV screen. You know, saying "prime time," B word, <laughs> whatever. You know, and I just knew it wasn't real. But the Undertaker at a wrestling arena with a crowd full of people, normal people. Wrestling and he's wrestling jobbers, so it's like regular guys on the street, and he's tombstoning these guys. He's putting them in body bags, and I'm thinking they're dead. I'm thinking he just killed people in front of a live audience. (laughs) That's how I felt. I was like, "All right, I've seen Freddie and Jason kill people on movies, but this guy, he's doing it right here in a wrestling ring. What's going on here?" It just it just shook me. <laughs> it was crazy. So one one thing I really remember about this time is I had a copy of The Undertaker's first WWF magazine cover story. It was the May 1991 issue. Remember to this day I had it. I was sitting outside of our elementary school, JV, right next to your parents' house, Lincoln Elementary. And right in the front, waiting for my grandmother, I have my WWF magazine. My grandmother picks me up and she's driving a Renault. A Renault. Sorry for the swear word again, but it's a Renault. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't even know. They don't make those cars anymore, but I always remember it. it's a Renault. And I got in the car, opened up my magazine, reading it. And I'm seven years old. I'm first grade, maybe second grade. And I'm just reading it. I don't know words. I'm, I'm trying my best to read, but I'm, I'm picking up words that I've heard. And one of the words is tombstone. And I hear, I hear Tombstone all the time because that's his finishing move, right? Tombstone, Tombstone. So I see it, and I'm like, what's that mean? I know it's his finish, but I don't know what a Tombstone is. So I asked my grandmother, you know, what's a Tombstone? And, you know, she, she just answers me nonchalant. Like, you know, and when someone dies, it's what your name is. Your name gets put on it, and uh, it's above you in your grave, whatever. You know, she just gives me an answer. I'm like, oh. But she answered me, no problem. She's probably wondering why I'm asking her something so morbid. What am I, re- what am I even reading about? She's probably happy that I was just reading something because, you know, I could be a dumbass at times. So she's probably thinking, oh, I'm, I'm just glad he's reading <laughs> and he's asking questions. But that's one thing that stood out to me is I always remember the fear that I had from The Undertaker and just the intrigue in The Undertaker from that point. So that's one of my great memories. <laughs> the one thing I always think of, of the Undertaker. Uh, I'm gonna, I could, I could say much more, and I'm sure many people have much more to say about the Undertaker. I know mine's pretty lame, but he's had great matches and a lot more to be said about him. So I don't want to take up much more time, but I'm gonna pass it over to JV. JV, what do you have to say about the Undertaker? Um, he's, you know, he's he's the greatest. Uh... He's the most dominant force in the rest of the, you know, the history of professional wrestling. Um, he was never like my absolute favorite. He was always like one of my favorites. Um, you know, I had, I had highs and lows with him growing up where like, I, I really liked him and then I didn't like him. Like I didn't like the American badass stuff, you know, biker taker, but you know, as we went back and covered it on bottom line wrestling cast, I love that now. I thought it was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's been a constant in our, in most roast wrestling fans around our age, all wrestling fans our age, if you started young enough, he's he's the constant in our fandom. So he's he's always been around. Um, my most memorable 
uh, moment of Undertaker was, you know, I was in attendance at WrestleMania 28. Um, Hell in a Cell match with Triple H. HBK's the special guest referee. Undertaker goes to pick up Triple H to set him up for the tombstone. HBK comes up, super kicks. Undertaker, Triple H immediately pedigrees him. You think it's over. You could hear, you could feel the air get sucked out of everybody, out of everybody in the, in the stadium. And he kicked out. And the crowd went bananas. And I'll never forget that. So that's my, that's my number one moment for, for Taker. So another one you were at though was Royal Rumble 94 too. Yeah. I've seen, yeah, I've seen quite a few, but that one, that one is, uh, that's at the tippity top for me. Oh, that's a great moment. So, I'm glad you guys are doing this. Undertaker deserves the appreciation that you guys have given him in your years of covering him on the podcast, and now you get to do a nice special episode thanking The Undertaker for all that he's given us wrestling fans and congratulating him on being the newest inductee to the WWE Hall of Fame. Thank you, Undertaker. And as Travis always says, Take her easy. All right, that's the bottom line from Mike and JV, Mike Pru and John Mike Van and JV Damage. Said so. <laughs> that's right, man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, just thanks to these guys, thanks to them for being <clears throat> friends of ours. And there's really uh, Stone Cold and the Undertaker. It's it's perfect that um, we're podcast buddies with these guys, and that's the other long going podcast with a similar idea of ours because those guys their careers their characters are intertwined with each other man most uh most matches together right you know what you said yes pay-per-view yes. matches with taker yeah yes most frequent opponent was yes. stone cold which is so weird because he was only there for a short window <laughs> right so it's crazy to think about but again both top you know both at the both top, my top always but yeah one thing i just wanted to thank those guys for thanking us they put us over at the beginning of that i really appreciate it. it's humbling it means a lot you know we just do this to entertain ourselves and it grew into something bigger and more than that we talked about that on the finale last year and and all that but i just want to thank them and you know it's cool to know that we kind of helped their fandom especially i think it was Peru. you know he was like i didn't really care for him but like yeah and we mentioned that no, that's early interesting. on too that like yeah. we weren't we always liked him but we weren't the biggest fans, and especially not Biker Tiger turned us off, but like doing this, getting bogged down in it, going through it with a fine tooth comb made us appreciate. And I think one of them, I think it may have been JV said something like, you, you, uh, you, know, you, you take it for granted. You didn't realize you take it for granted, but then you do. And then like, you're like, no, I need to take this guy, not for granted, but appreciate what all he's done. So I appreciate them, you know having that light bulb go off because of because of us. So it's pretty cool. I, I think most wrestling fans could say that. Like, even if you're not an Undertaker fan, even if he's not your favorite wrestler, you probably have at least, like, five moments of his of his career that you have to say, like, okay, I loved that match. I loved that yeah. moment. That was awesome. Yeah. And, like, when someone has a career like that, you have to. Like, yeah. I feel like I bash him on a lot of episodes, but like a guy like Seamus, I don't like Seamus. I don't enjoy him, but he's been around for so long that he had, he's had moments. Even if I don't care for him generally, I can't say that like, there's not some Seamus matches that I don't like or some moments of his. Yeah. Randy Orton, me and you hated, hated Randy Orton for a ago. decade. Yeah. Yeah. I can't help Almost but love the guy now. I can't help. Absolutely. I still don't like some of his matches from 2009 or 2008. Yeah. I still think those are boring as crap, yeah. but Dude, the guy he is now, 
awesome. You can't help but love him. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have that about the Undertaker, even if he's not yeah. their their guy. You know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, somebody who is the Undertaker is their guy is who we got next. Uh, and this is going to begin the international portion uh, yeah, of this episode. <laughs> We're going to take a little world tour. And I got to say, Travis, uh, this was the most exciting part of getting these submissions in was seeing submissions from people from different countries. I was not, yeah. you know, I look at our listenership and I don't know how accurate it is, but sometimes it says we have listeners fr- from these other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we actually heard from a few of you. So this is so cool. Uh, the first one is going to be from Andrew and he calls himself the down under taker fan. So he's of course from uh, Australia. Oh, back. <laughs> Take oh. The down undertaker. That'd be great. They should have done that. Oh, like, a rip off character. I didn't there. even put that together. Dude, the down undertaker. That's awesome. Are you kidding me? I did. That's so good. Man. The down uh, undertaker. He just like, he just comes up and I mean, he's the same character, but he's just like, hey, good night, mate. All these, instead of putting you in a body bag, he put you on the Barbie. And it's just great. There's so many things we could do with that. So, anyway, we'll let's go to the video. <laughs> hey, Talking Taker. I'm Andrew from Australia. I uh, saw that you put out a call for fans of The Undertaker to... Uh, send in a, a video congratulatory message for The Undertaker's Hall of Fame induction. Um, I've been a fan of uh, wrestling uh, for about 20 years, and uh, my love for The Undertaker has been about that same 20 years. Um, just the mystique of the character, the way that he's evolved the character over the years, uh, managing to keep it you know, fresh and exciting... Uh, for 30 years, great achievement. Nobody else, I don't think anybody else could have taken that character and did what he did with it for those 30 years. Um, honestly, I was always a fan of the uh, dead man side of the character. I wasn't a big fan of the American badass, but I'll forgive that. That's part of his run. It's a great run. And uh, all the more power to him for being able to go from the dead man to that biker gimmick and then being able to bring it back to the dead man after a few years and keep that dead man character going for another, oh, off the top of my head, I'm having a mental blank, number of years. Um, yeah, and the streak, I think the, the streak should have kept going. He should have retired with the streak intact. But it is what it is. Um, a hell of a career, uh, no pun intended. Um, you know, I think those early years, Paul Bearer really helped make the character. Uh, without Paul, it wouldn't have been the same. May he rest in peace, looking down on Taker. Um, and also Kane, the Kane character, helped over the years with feuds and teaming up with the Brothers of Destruction and, and uh, you know, the, the various times that Paul Bearer came back and, and helped him out uh, with that. To, um, but all in all, it's a great character. I've loved it and will always love it. As you can see, that was a few of my uh, favourite collection pieces at the start there. Um, custom championship belt that I had made. Um, you know, the figures. The urn. Oh, yes! Finally, The Undertaker is in the Hall of Fame! 
congratulations, Mark Undertaker. Very well deserved. Guys, I just want to say, uh, I listen to your podcast a lot. I just want to say uh, thank you, Taker, uh, from a fan all the way from South Africa. You know, great inspiration. Congratulations on being inducted into the Hall of Fame this year as well. You've helped me a lot, uh, not just your wrestling persona, but uh, as a, you as a person as well. just want to say thanks a lot, mate. All right, cheers to uh, Andrew from Australia. He's at Real AR Barker on Twitter, the Down Under Take a Fan. And then we just heard a message from all the way from South Africa from Hein Klopper. He's at Klopper Hein on Twitter. Who knew, Travis? Who knew that the Undertaker had this sort of reach, man? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, these were two of my favorite. Not that the rest were, but just like you said, hearing from international fans is awesome. You know, I love that Andrew shared. The custom belt. He had that belt Dude. made in that video. That's pretty cool. Oh, and just freaking and jealous. how about that Paul Bearer impression? Nice. How about it? Spot it on. Really good. Yeah. And just, Can I say um, something else? Yeah, he, he told me, uh, I, I was emailing back with him. Uh, he told me about he's got an urn there as well. He said, you know, that's a custom urn. That's not a WWE urn. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, I, <laughs> I ordered it from a... Uh, a discount urn shop because it had like a imperfection or something on the back <laughs> of it. It's like, it's like, you know, cause urns are expensive. You know, you can't mm-hmm. just walk into to Walmart and get an urn. Right. <laughs> well, not like that. You gotta so earn he, it, yeah. he did send me the link. So uh, there may be one <laughs> coming to the talk and take your collection one day. Who knows? By that one back there, that foam yeah. one. <laughs> wow. That is some serious uh, dedication right there. But, um, I, he, he made a good insight and some good points about how, you know, Kane and Paul Bear kind of were integral to that character and kind of extended the shelf life of it, which again, we pointed out, but I liked it. No you doubt. know, I liked that He's pointed that out too. And then again, from Hine, just from South Africa, short and sweet and just cool to hear that. I love that he listens and thank you so much for, for doing that and for being a fan. That means a lot to us that we know we have a listener in South Africa, at least one. That's so cool, man. Yeah, thank dude. you. He, uh, he sent me a little story, too, because uh, he had a picture of himself in the message he sent. And I, I messaged him. I was like, did you mean to send a video? And he's like, no, I just wanted to show you this picture. He's um, He said uh, this he, he models himself. He models his look after The Undertaker because he's such a big fan. And uh, he says in his job, he's an anti-poaching ranger in Australia. And he tries <sighs> to have Taker's no BS attitude. And people call him Taker around there. That's sort of his nickname down there. So, wow. How about that, man? Wow. How about it? That's awesome. Yeah. That yeah. is that's awesome. Mad Love respect that. to Hein and, uh, and to Andrew as well. Thank you for your international stories. But we're not done. No, we're nope. not done. Because we got one more international submission. And, you know, we started this with Steven Zeman with the Collecting Dead Man podcast. Would you believe, folks, that there's a third Undertaker podcast that puts out episodes regularly? Uh, we've mentioned it before. We don't mention them every week because, quite honestly... I don't listen to them because I don't speak their language, but (laughs) there's an entire Undertaker podcast completely in Spanish. 
that's out there, folks. And they have been consistent. They've been putting out episodes for like a year now, and they put out episodes every week. This is the Taker Mania podcast. They are at Taker Mania Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And this is so cool that they actually sent in a submission uh, for the Talking Taker episode. So let's hear from the Taker Mania podcast. Buenos dias, buenas tardes, buenas noches. My name is Mr. Alex, here reporting from Taker Mania Podcast, your favorite Spanish wrestling podcast dedicated to The Undertaker's career. This message is to honor the greatest star of all time, the real GOAT, The Undertaker. I always remember as a child, the first time I saw Taker, I was very scared, but I love his music, the sound of the guns, his walk to the ring, and a slow pace with an attitude full of mystery and darkness. I love how Undertaker was not afraid for any other wrestler. I was his fan from day one. The Ministry of Darkness era, the arrival of the American Badass, we witnessed how he became the leader of the roster, an inspiration for the other talents. Undertaker did not need to have titles around his waist in order to shine and be the main event. The fact that he's going to the WWE Hall of Fame is something that should have happened a long time ago, but today is materialized without any doubt. The myth, the legend, the phenom. Mark William Callaway, long life to you, the real GOAT. All right, man. That Mucho gusto. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, that's wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for that. And I, I love him pointing out that Taker didn't need titles. It was an attraction in and of itself. It's so cool. You know, and it's something that we pointed out. And I love that other people realize it too. Like he didn't need titles to win. He's not the most decorated champion ever. He doesn't have 15 world titles like a Randy Orton or John Cena. But like he is going to be around bigger and longer than a Randy Orton and John Cena and, and when all this is over. You know. He is, uh, yeah, because he's bigger than the title, and his character and, and and wrestling in general is able to translate from. I mean, it's there's so many international stars in WWE nowadays, yeah. but you know, still, it's a English language product generally. Yeah. You know, all of the wrestlers mainly their promos are in English, but it gets yeah. broadcast out into the whole world, and there's enough of a fan base that you could do a, a podcast completely yeah. in Spanish, it's completely crazy. dedicated to the Undertaker. I love um, that. Thank you so much for submitting this. I think that is so awesome, and uh, he has invited us on the show sometime. I, maybe we can make that work. I don't. Uh, obviously, you know, he speaks English pretty well, so yeah. uh, I'd love to work out something uh, to join his show and, and combine sure. those podcasts sometime. Uh, and if you do, if you are bilingual, check out the Taker Mania pod and support them. At least go give them a follow, if nothing else. Um, yeah, I've got a couple more of these left. And uh, another longtime friend of the show, multiple-time guest, is coming up next. Uh, and you've heard some of his stories. Uh, and I, you know, we got to have him included on here because he's got some wonderful personal stories. Uh, he's been everywhere. He's the everywhere man, the Forrest Gump of <laughs> professional wrestling fans. Uh, watch along, Tommy. Let's hear his thoughts on The Undertaker's career. Hey, what's going on out there, Creatures of the Night? It's your boy Tommy on the spot for Watch Along Wrestling. Thanks so much to you guys and gals for giving me a couple moments here. And of course, to Alex and Travis 
for giving me some time to talk about The Undertaker, the greatest character in my favorite passion of my life, the WWE. You know, when I think about The Undertaker's 30-year run, I realize that it really kind of runs parallel with my fandom as a fan of WWE. You know, I got started as a fan just as a wee youngster. Uh, my father used to take me to all the shows. He was a huge fan of The Undertaker. For him, WWE was all about the larger-than-life characters, you know, Undertaker, Ultimate Warrior. You know, those were his guys, guys that you wouldn't see everywhere, Legion of Doom, if you will, guys that you wouldn't see walking up and down the street and you had to pay and go see at a WWE show. And the, one of my earliest memories was at a WWE house show at Madison Square Garden back in 1992. Main event of the show was Ric Flair defending the WWE Championship against The Undertaker. And I remember my dad had gotten us floor seats and he said, Tommy, I know you're going to be afraid, but we've got to get up there up close right by the barricade so we can go see The Undertaker. And so we did. We ran all the way up front, got real close. And I remember Paul Bear was coming up with the urn and he's looking right at me. And I was just like shell-shocked. I remember I'm like probably five at this point, tops. So he's up there and he's, oh, my Undertaker's looking me right in the eyes. And I'm scared as can be. And I remember just looking, looking through that. And Undertaker removed his hat to reveal his face. Eyes rolled back. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I think this man has no soul. Uh, it, was, it was just unbelievable. And from that, Undertaker was one of my favorites, but there were a couple of times I remember being really afraid. Uh, and there were a couple of tapes from pay-per-views that we'd record that were specifically labeled, do not watch Scary Undertaker Moment. And it would be letting me know not to watch Royal Rumble 1993, the debut of the Giant Gonzalez. Some, here comes somebody even bigger than Taker in like a human paint suit. I couldn't do it, so I was afraid of him. Absolutely not. Never watched that show for many years. Then you got the following year, Royal Rumble 1994, Undertaker dies live on pay-per-view. They have the casket cam, and then he ascends to the heavens. Uh-uh, way too much for me. And then Survivor Series 1995, Undertaker returns from getting his face smashed by King Mabel, picks off the hat only to reveal a Phantom of the Opera mask. We literally shut the pay-per-view off in the middle of it. I'm not sure I've ever seen that match until many years later it was released on the WWE Survivor Series Anthology DVD set. I mean, that's how afraid of that one I was. And as time went on, as obviously I grew up, I started going to my own shows, my own WrestleManias, and I remember I always loved the Undertaker streak. I remember WrestleMania 17 specifically. I thought he was going to lose to Triple H, and when he won, I was like, he's never lost at WrestleMania. Like, this is a big deal. And they started making a big deal of it probably the next year when he beats Flair and he comes up with the 10 fingers, and it's like, oh, 10 and 0, let's go. Like, this is Taker's show. And I loved it. Every year I was like, Taker can't lose. Taker's my guy. I can't have Taker lose at WrestleMania. My dad and I, my dad stopped watching, but he'd always come over to watch Undertaker's match. He'd be like, turn on the Undertaker's match. Let me see what UT did this year. UT was his guy. That's what he called Undertaker. Um, but then Undertaker retired Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels was my guy. I wanted HBK to end the streak and continue his career in 2010. And when he didn't do it, the following year I went to my first WrestleMania, WrestleMania 27. Now I'm like, Triple H is going to be able to end the streak in honor of his friend, Shawn Michaels, and I'm going to be there for it. Didn't happen. And at that moment, I was done. I was like, I'm going to root against the Taker streak every single year. And it became kind of a running joke with my friends. Hey, Taker's going to win. I was like, no, this is the year he goes down. And finally, WrestleMania 30, I go with my wife to New Orleans, Louisiana, Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. I don't think in a million years Brock has a chance. To be honest, because Brock wasn't really booked that strong when he returned. But when Brock does get the win, when he finally gets the big win over The Undertaker, they don't show this on the uh, on the video because it would ruin their narrative because that way well, you had a bunch of people with the big eyes, all upset, all crying, everything. My wife and I were leaping for joy. I mean, I was Johnny Wetland, 1996 Yankees World Series win. I was pointing to the rafters, so excited. Finally, this happened, and I was there to witness it. I was beyond emotion. I was, it was the greatest moment probably live for me ever. 
And I just thought, oh my gosh, they could push Brock Lesnar to the moon now and he could be the top guy. They could run every guy that they want to prepare for the future through him. This is huge. And you think about it, Seth Rollins, uh, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, all of them are now household names and big stars in WWE because they ran through Brock Lesnar, who's only what he is because he's the one who ended the streak. So it all comes full circle. Now I'll end my thing by coming full circle as well because I'm sure all of you guys are like, why did this guy submit a video submission when he's just gonna crap all over the Undertaker's streak? That was not my intent. So I'll end with this. My father passed away in 2015 and one of the last shows I'd ever watched with him, he knew how much I loved going to WrestleMania 31 live. So I played that clip for him. He came over, he's like, let's watch some WrestleMania. What did Undertaker do this year? And I was like, nah, daddy had a kind of a throwaway match with, with Bray Wyatt. He's like, I want to see it. He's like, Undertaker never has a throwaway match. Undertaker is always important. Let me see UT. So I put the match on for him. We absolutely loved it. I found a newfound respect for the match. It remains one of my favorite WrestleMania matches. This is one of the last ones I got to watch with my dad, who took me to all the shows back when I was a youngster, back in 1992, a show main evented by The Undertaker. Undertaker, enjoy a much-deserved retirement. Thank you for the memories, and welcome to the Hall of Fame. What's going on, creatures of the night? This is Zach here, and before we get to the man of the hour and the congratulations that are due, I think some congratulations are in order for Travis and Alex. Honestly, over the past couple of years, it's been one of the constants in my life. Going back and listening to every podcast every week, listening to the insight, going back in time, and just enjoying it. So thank you guys, honestly. It's been one hell of a ride. So now we get to the man of the hour. The phenom, the dead man, the undertaker. Now granted, I was born during the Attitude Era, so I really didn't get to see the Ministry of Darkness or anything before that live. My first experience with the undertaker was around 2007 when he had his feud with Batista. And ever since then, I was hooked. Every week, that man would come out and put on a show. And my friends, they all like Jeff Hardy's and the Shawn Michaels and everyone like that. I just had a fascination with The Undertaker. Just a man who could come out, wouldn't say anything, and would prove everything that he had in that ring. Honestly, phenomenal. So thank you, Taker, for everything you've done and everything I'm sure you will continue to do for the business. And lastly, thank you again to Alex and Travis. Over the past couple years, it's been fun interacting with you guys and just talking and generally, you know, just having a good time. So thanks again, and uh, we'll see you guys down the road. But until then, you know, take her easy. All right, you just heard from Watch Along Tommy. Thanks again to him and to another longtime listener. So we've heard Tommy quite a lot, and uh, we've I've read the name at ZachL217 a number of times, but we never have heard his voice. But we finally heard from Zach sharing his story, and uh, he gave a, a lot of thanks to us as well. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's what, not you, what man. we were asking for. We were no. asking for Undertaker memories, uh, but we do, it means a lot, and we do appreciate you saying all those kinds. Kind words about us, Zach. 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what else we can add to Tommy. He's, like you said, Forrest Gump. He's been at every single thing that's ever existed when it comes to Taker. It's lovely. Thank you for sharing your your thoughts and memories and your friendship on this podcast. And, Zach, I love, love, love that you became a fan during the Batista feud in 2007. <laughs> how about that? That is amazing to me because yeah. we put over that match in that series and how that elevated Batista and how it kind of rejuvenated Taker and how – we would have loved to have seen them go at it more because I don't think anybody had better matches with Batista than Undertaker. I think he's had his best matches with Taker, which is crazy to think about. So, um, yeah, I and love he, will he became a fan during that. S- and Supposedly yeah. go into the Hall of Fame next year. That seems to be the plan. Batista Probably. will, and I'm sure the Undertaker feud and stories will be a big part of his induction and his speech. Yeah. No doubt about that. So thank you guys both. Yeah. And, and Tommy, you know, he, he actually mentioned on Twitter uh, after he recorded his video and sent it that it he enjoyed doing that and recording that video because it felt like he was reliving his 30 years of fandom when he was yeah. uh, telling those stories and, and it kind of took him back and, and brought those memories flooding back. And uh, I love hearing Tommy's stories uh, and I'm sure we'll have him on the show again to, to share some more of them. Cause I'm sure there's more we haven't even heard yet. So uh, thanks to everybody. Uh, we got one more video to close this out with. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, I'm sure you know who it is at this point. And it's not that his video is better or his stories are better than anybody else's, but Randy Turco at Pokey's little dog, he has been, uh, you know, one of our, maybe our original fan, our longest going fan, uh, talks about us and, and interacts with us after almost every single episode. And I just want to play his last because I think the story that he tells and the, and the way that he's had this connection to the undertaker, it kind of sums up everything that we've all heard of us. From, yeah. yeah. All of <laughs> us, all of the fans, uh, all of the creatures in the night, everybody's videos all so far. And I think it's just uh, he, a great one to end on. So let's hear from Randy Turco. Hey guys, Randy Turco here, friend of the show, Randy Turco here. Just want to say thanks to Alex and Travis and all the Talking Taker crew for giving me this opportunity to express my Taker fandom again and formally congratulate the man on making it to the Hall of Fame in 2022. And for me, wrestling started as a Hulkamaniac. Late 80s, early 90s, that's how most kids got into it. But that changed in 1990 as soon as Taker came aboard and just brought something completely fresh to the industry. It was almost like Nirvana in music around that time, just kind of bringing out that grunge and alternative sound and whisking Michael Jackson and Boys to Men right out the door. And at first I was a little, I would say, afraid of The Undertaker. I'm nine, so I didn't even want to go in our basement after dark. We had a deep chest freezer. It looked like a casket, kept all of our meats and like our leftovers down there. And I was pretty sure, I was 83% sure, if I went down there after dark, he was going to pop out of that thing and get me like he did on the funeral parlor like weekly. So, uh, but over, over that first year, my fear of The Undertaker turned into admiration. It kind of became something kind of cool. And by Halloween 92, I'm dressing like The Undertaker. It was one of my favorite childhood costumes. I bought the uh, geriatric uh, gray circulation socks and I like pulled them over my uh, black jeans up to my knee. I got some of my mom's makeup under my eye and got a, a black cowboy hat to wear. There's a nice photo there. You see, I did, I did have the Nike high tops. So I was an Undertaker but I was an undertaker that could ball. So that's probably the most important thing. But uh, that fandom continued into fifth, sixth grade. Raw came out. Um, I didn't have cable and I wouldn't have cable for a very long time. But I do remember being my own scheme gene the next morning 
just going around my fifth, sixth grade class and just asking people like, hey man, do you have, did you have cable? Did you watch Raw? Did The Undertaker win? And uh, 12-year-old me did find out that The Undertaker uh, beat Damien Demento eventually. So I did find that out. Uh, but the Taker stuff followed me all the way into high school. I lost wrestling for a couple years, 94, 95. Uh, wrestling was kind of on the downward. And I was too busy being a punk teenager wearing flannel and skipping class and stuff. But what brought me back to the dance in 96 was we got... Um, we got the pay-per-view channel for free, and it was like, a, I don't know if it was a mistake, a flub up, or maybe a free trial, but I'm going around the horn, and I see it works, and then I see it's wrestling, and then the commentators mention that The Undertaker, ears perk up, uh, is going to wrestle Mankind in a Buried Alive match, and the loser is going to get buried in a grave right there in the arena, and I immediately took, put my remote down, I stayed on that channel the rest of the night, and I stayed with wrestling I mean, for the rest of my life, I was back. And it was all because of The Undertaker. And fast forward into college, I go to the University of Minnesota. Taker's re-emerging as the American badass, the motorcycle guy. And by 2001, I always talk about he's wearing a carabiner hook uh, on his gear, on his belt loop of his gear. Every day he comes out, he's wearing that hook, man, and nobody ever talks about it. So I see that at Minnesota, and I find a hook, and I start wearing one every single time. So much so that if you see any picture of me from my college years, 01 to 04, you'll see me, here we are meeting the hurricane, and you'll see me wearing the carabiner hook, right? And then meeting Brock Lesnar, there I am in the white shirt, there's that carabiner hook. So I had to be like the undertaker, and I did that until he re uh, resumed as the OG dead man in 04. So I was there for WrestleMania 18 with The Rock, uh, WrestleMania 18, with um, Ric Flair, he faced The Rock the month before because I was at No Way Out with The Rock. Um, I did. I was there for Vengeance 02, one of the greatest triple threat matches I ever saw. WrestleMania 23 against Batista. And then there was the Royal Rumble 07. And I wasn't at the Rumble 07 in person, but I did take a girl to the local Buffalo Wild Wings in uh, East Lansing, Michigan, where I was living at the time. It was a no-date date, apparently. I made mention it was not a date. I don't remember that, but sure. And uh, I was, I just wanted Taker to get a Rumble win so bad. I know he was beyond it at the time. I just wanted him to have it on the resume. I wanted the office to give it to him. And I saw that Rumble roster and I thought, he's got a pretty good chance this year. And when he threw Sean over the top rope and finally won that Rumble, I was euphoric to say the least. Arm pumping, screaming as loud as I could in Buffalo Wild Wings. I was going around that little pit where they have the big screen I'm walking around the pit. I'm high-fiving people at different tables that I don't even know. And they're clapping for Taker. They're clapping for me like I did something. And my date was just mortified. Uh, she's kind of hiding behind her purse. And it was really cool because that ended up being my wife. So my first date, no date date, with my wife was because of The Undertaker. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that I attribute to his career. Um, you know, fast forward to now. I'm on two Taker podcasts semi-regularly. I met a lot of great friends over the internet talking about The Undertaker. And so Taker continues to serve me to this day. So just want to say thanks to The Undertaker for being there for 30 years, letting us be there on that ride with him for 30 years. We've got to experience the highs and the lows that come with the career that long, so much so that it feels like we're going in the Hall of Fame with him. And then I wanted to say thanks to The Undertaker for coming along the ride with me for 30 years, growing up and going through every single level, elementary school, junior high, high school, setting myself up for adulthood after college, I did 
use The Undertaker as escapism. If I ever had a bad day, if I had adversity at any point, I could always go home on a Monday night and just watch The Undertaker and everything was going to be better. And the same thing for Saturday morning, if it was you know in the early 90s, or if it was a pay-per-view Sundays, I always had The Undertaker. So thank you to The Undertaker for letting us come on the journey with you. Congratulations on being the, on the Hall of Fame. And if you ever somehow see this, tell us what the hook meant, man. Inquiring minds want to know. Take her easy. Once again, thank you to Randy Turco uh, at Pokey's Little Dog. You just heard him last month on the show. You heard our fantasy draft <laughs> with him. And here he wild. is closing things out. <laughs> uh, and man, just all the classic stories. We've heard some of them before. Uh, just I'll never all, get that tired. Life going personal connection. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I'll never get tired of the story of him high fiving people at the B dubs with his future wife. That is my favorite. And I just want I love that he talked about, you know, he was a Hulkamaniac and then he just immediately jumped ship to take her just like that. Like he said, he said talking about kind of like grunge came in and pushed the hair metal out and pushed, you know, uh, what he say, boys to men and Mariah Carey or something out like grunge took over and that was kind of the same thing taker was a little darker a little grittier came in and pushed away the you know the the glamour and glitz of the 80s like a hulk like a hulkamania represented and uh he just latched onto that and it's a true child of the 90s type thing you know taker is you could you could put him up there with grunge we could do a whole thing about the rise of him and grunge music but we won't but anyway i'm just saying like i love that he he mentioned that you know like not a lot of people hopped off of hulkamania but he did hopped on the yeah. Taker fan, so I love that. He's he's not just a day one talking Taker fan; he's a day one Undertaker exactly fan, and More that's than, why yeah. we wanted to close with him. Yeah, um, you know, and and I love that there's people that that are Undertaker fans that weren't even born when his career started, but but mm-hmm. Randy's a guy who was there from day one, and uh, you down know, since he he's the guy that you know one of the first guys we interacted with where we realized, oh this this fandom runs deep mm-hmm. in some people and and we've always said that you know we weren't hardcore undertaker fans when we started this podcast i'd say we are now uh yeah. but we weren't when we started it and randy's a guy who who always has been and i'd say every single person on here that we've heard from is that and uh we know there's so many other stories out there uh so feel free to share them with us please send us more videos you know tell us your stories and and share this podcast with your fellow wrestling fans i think even if they're not hardcore undertaker fans i think they will enjoy this and i think part of them will connect to this and this will touch them and uh in a very special way and uh i just cannot thank all you creatures of the night enough for submitting these videos yeah, we can't thank you guys enough. Hashtag thank you takers. We're talking about hashtag thank you guys. Like, y'all are awesome. This has been a fun ride this whole time. Uh, yeah, we. this has been a special episode to record and to hear from you guys. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we just can't thank you enough. Uh, y'all, are, y'all make this worth it. It's fun to do, you know. Uh, it's been fun to do the whole time, and we're not going anywhere right now or anything, but it just feels like we're wrapping up with the Hall of Fame. It's a good way to put a little bow on it right now, and we'll see what's, yeah. you know. What's what? What we got on the horizon here? We got all kind of crazy stuff planned. So, dude, we never knew five years ago when we when we hatched this idea for this podcast. Uh, we didn't imagine five years from now we'd be 
having this fan base and, and having this community of Undertaker fans that we get to talk to and hear from international people and people yeah. of all all ages and all across the world. It's it's very Wild. special and very yeah. meaningful, and it's not lost on us. And uh, no. that's what I thought about. You know, th- th- again, these messages were not about us. They were not to like no. pat ourselves on the back. We really wanted to do this to celebrate the Undertaker. But you and I, I know we both couldn't help but feel uh, truly touched and truly blessed uh, to be able to entertain people, to come to their lives once a week or once a month and entertain them. And, uh, you know, just everything the world has been through over the past five years to be able to, to bring a little uh, joy, levity. a little laughter, yeah. a little levity into people's lives and uh, to... Um, reinforce their fandom of The Undertaker, which means so much to them. Uh, it, it means the world, uh, whether you listen every week or whether you just pop in and out, uh, it means so much to each and every one of us. And yes, we are not going away. We will be back on May 1st. We will be back at the first of the month with our monthly special episodes. Um, maybe we'll do no that. To, maybe we'll do the Indian movie. Uh, maybe we'll do so. We'll, that's got to be on the list. We've got some other ideas. We've got some other things to talk about. We'll do some watch-alongs. We'll do some more random stuff like the Mystery of Darkness draft. But until then, of course, you got the full archives. You can go back to on any streaming service and on YouTube as well. So be sure to go check those out. Relive some episodes. That's what I do sometimes, quite honestly. I'll pick up a random episode that I forgot about I feel us like recording. I for myself, but I will too. <laughs> I do, man. It's just kind of fun to... Because I forget what we talked forget, about and yeah. what we laughed about. Uh, and it's fun to relive that. Um, buy a shirt. I haven't talked about those in a while, but we got shirts for sale on tpublic.com. We got Taker Easy t-shirts. We got... I'm a biker taker guy or I'm a biker taker girl t-shirts. We got taking care of business shirts. Oh, bury me softly, brother. King of gong style. Uh, All sorts of stuff. I got a couple others. I hadn't put a new one up in a while. I need to do that. But uh, the cool thing, you can get it on it. Long sleeve, short sleeve, tank top, sticker, hat, phone case cover. You can represent Undertaker. I have a mask. (laughs) I still have it. Um and uh so do that and a little uh just a couple bucks comes our way but it's just cool to see it represented out there in the world uh leave a rating for us if you don't mind please follow us on youtube follow the talking taker youtube channel um i have been yeah doing, you've been putting a lot of stuff up there i've been trying to grow the youtube following a little bit with some unboxings and then uh just some clips from some older episodes I, i've done a clip for our original uh top 10 of the the first yeah. round of undertaker matches and i've got one's gonna come with our top 10 of the biker taker matches that we did a while ago so that'll be up there soon and some other stuff so even though the podcast isn't here every week anymore i'm trying to put some talking taker content out on youtube every month and uh please go watch this one if you're just listening to this We've got video for uh, about mm-hmm. half of these messages that you'll get to see people's faces and yeah. get to see them telling their stories. So really, please go watch this on YouTube. And uh, of course, you can go see Travis in real life, in person, on April 23rd, his next concert. You can. Yep. Where can Bristol, they go? Tennessee, Delta Blues Barbecue, <laughs> okay, State Street, April 23rd, 2022, which is actually my 36th birthday. So it'll be a big fun night. So, yeah, come on up if you want to. I don't think there's a pay-per-view that night, so uh, who knows. But um, anyway, yeah, you're all welcome. I appreciate the support for that, too. It means the world to me. And please, I, I, I don't ask for this every month. I don't ask for this every time we do a podcast. But I'm asking this time. Please share this podcast. Uh, we do want lots and lots of people to hear this because we do think people will really find this one special. 
We want to share this one around the world. We want to share it to the WWE. And honestly, you know, I don't know if it's possible, but I really do have the goal in the back of my mind. I would, it's my dream for The Undertaker to hear this episode somehow. So tag him on social media, retweet it, share it. So maybe it gets before somebody in the WWE, some producer, some agent, somebody who gets it before The Undertaker. Um, because that's what this is for. This is for us as fans to say thank you for what he means to us. And, you know, it's a lofty goal. It's maybe like a one in a million chance that it happens. But I, so you're how, saying there's a chance. It, there's always a chance. That's <laughs> exactly. the beauty of social media. How cool would it be for The Undertaker to literally hear these messages? Not not from his peers, but from his no. fans. Um, that's, that's the dream. If you could do one little retweet or sharing of it to help with that, that would mean the world to us. So thanks again for submitting, everybody. Uh, this is truly special, and we can't wait to uh, keep this rolling, rolling, rolling beyond the last ride of The Undertaker. That's right. Yeah, thank you all again. I can't say thank you enough, and we appreciate it. And we will see you next month, and uh, let us know your Hall of Fame uh, memories. Like, as the time this comes out, it'll be Hall of Fame night, so tag us and retweet us and stuff like that. Or, you know, I don't even know how that's, I don't know the lingo. Anyway, leave us a message and a comment about, you know, his Hall of Fame and how it went. We're excited to actually watch it and, and, and hear your reactions to it and how it all went. So leave us those messages and comments, and we'll appreciate it. And most importantly, stay safe out there. And as always, take her easy. Just, Do you think you'll be smiling at the Hall of Fame ceremony? Oh, man. I, I know There will be times that I'm smiling, but uh, I, I, I'm worried about the times where I, I will probably lose my composure a little bit. Um, there's a, you know, this is going to be, um, a real glimpse into, I mean, everybody knows who the undertaker is, um, but this will be a glimpse into, uh, you know, this will be a glimpse into the, into Mark Calloway as well. And, uh, um, and, and, and it's crazy. I don't, I'm only starting to get used to talking like this and, and, and being open, um, like this, it's, it, it's, it's always been really difficult for me to carry on conversations as Mark Calloway in, in these kind of settings. Right. Yep. I mean, I just, I, I had, a, it was just a few years back. Um, one of my, one of my surgeons wanted me to speak at a, at a convention and, uh, I was terrified because I'd never given that to anybody. And I didn't, I didn't even know really who I was, you know, other than that was my identity. The Undertaker was my identity and I could get in front of a hundred thousand people and I could cut a promo for 15 minutes and not think blink or think twice about it. But Mark Calloway, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story because I just never done it. So this, you know, the hall of fame is going to be, uh, you know, when I retired, we were still in the middle of COVID. So there was nobody there. Um, you know, they did an amazing production for me, but there were no fans there. You know, they were, there were only employees and people that I had personally invited. So that one wasn't as difficult as what, uh, what the hall of fame is going to be. I mean, that's going to be, um, it's going to be interesting. <laughs>